0: Day on In Spirit and Truth with Pastor J.D. Farag. God is warning them and giving
1: them a choice. And it's the same choice that God gives every single one of us when he warns us. Are we going to respond by being proud or by being humble? Are we going to stiffen our neck, harden our heart, and reject the Lord and not take heed to his warning? Or are we going to humble ourselves and break and receive and repent?
0: You're listening to In Spirit and Truth with Pastor JD Farag of Calvary Chapel, Kaneohe. Pastor JD is currently teaching through the book of Jeremiah. If you ever thought more highly of yourself than you should? I think the answer would be yes for all of us. In today's message, Pastor JD will encourage listeners that it is brokenness which leads to blessing. Using the example of the Israelites in Jeremiah 13, you will show how pride always ends up in destruction. Now be sure to stay with us after today's message to hear how you can get your own copy of today's broadcast. Subscribe to the In Spirit and Truth podcast or download the In Spirit and Truth iPhone or Android mobile app. But for now, here's Pastor JD in the book of Jeremiah chapter 13 with today's edition of In Spirit and Truth.
1: I often refer to a very powerful booklet, really not book so much, but kind of a devotional by Roy Hessian titled The Calvary Road, and he draws a very interesting example in there. And he got it from some missionaries about snakes and worms. And the illustration goes something like this. you. You step on a worm and it breaks. And by the way, some worms, they, they actually grow back. Now, you step on a snake, it ain't going to break. What's that snake going to do? It's going to hiss back and fight back and bite back. I think we're more like the snake than we're willing to admit, and less like that worm that breaks easily. We devalue broken things, don't we? We throw away things that are broken and replace them, right? But not in God's economy. God values brokenness. God is close to the brokenhearted, those of a contrite spirit. He resists the proud. He breaks the proud. He humbles the proud. He exalts the humble. When we're humble, we're more like Christ than at any other time. And conversely, when we're proud, we're more like Satan than any other time. To be humble is to be Christ-like. And by the way, the reason why... The bottles had to be broken in this illustration and analogy. And the reason why the sash had to be ruined in this analogy and illustration is because, like with us, when we're full of pride, we have to be broken. We are ruined. We are unprofitable. We are good for nothing. Let me take it a step further, and I want you to think this through with me. You know, we're actually dangerous when we're proud and unbroken. Example, David. He was a danger, wasn't he, to Uriah the Hittite after he committed adultery at Bathsheba. And it wasn't until God broke him by sending Nathan the prophet And he just broke, and he crumbled to the ground, and he repented. And God restored him, and God forgave him. It's okay to be uninterested in listening to unbroken people. Let me say the same thing in a different way. If I'm listening to a Bible teacher, and there's no brokenness, it has no impact. And I find myself struggling because, you know, it's the Word of God. The Word of God doesn't return unto me void. We learned that in Isaiah. I mean, God's going to honor the teaching of His Word. All a pastor has to do is just get up and read the Word. But there's just something missing, and when you can't quite put your finger on it, and if you're open to it, the Lord will reveal to you that there's not been a brokenness yet. And so if you're uninterested, it's okay, because they're unbroken. God can't use unbroken people. I am unusable like that sash. I am unprofitable. God has to break me before He can use me. God has to break me before He can bless me. You will never see in Scriptures the blessing preceding the breaking. Ask Jacob about that one. He wrestles with the Lord all night long. You talk about strong will. I mean, you're wrestling with the Lord, demanding that the Lord bless you? All night wrestling? I would be exhausted after about 45 seconds, I'm done. Okay. You in? All night. And the Lord's like, Jacob, I want to bless you, but I can't bless you till I break you. And he touched his hip and he broke him. And he was never the same again. Because now you're broken. And oh, now I can use you because now you're broken. Brokenness always precedes the blessing, and I'll take it even further and say that the blessing is proportionate to the brokenness. And brokenness, in a sense, is synonymous with humility. When God breaks you, and God humbles you, and God ruins you for Him, now you're usable for Him. Because, see, He was too strong in His own strength for me to use. I couldn't use Him. I want to use him, and apparently he wants me to use him. So we're we're good on that, but the only problem is he doesn't realize, I'm talking about Jacob slash JD here, he doesn't realize that we both want the same thing, but he doesn't know about the fine print. (laughs) I want to bless you, I want to use you, but I have to break you. And proportionate to the breaking is the blessing. And proportionate to the breaking is the using. I'm now useful and profitable. God can use me because God values brokenness. God loves broken things. Because, see, God, as only He can, can take that which is broken and use it for His glory. Only He gets the glory here, verse 15, and give ear. Do not be proud. I mean, we could just close the Bible study right there. we got more chapter left, so we can For the Lord has spoken. And here it is again, and please don't miss this. Notice the repetitive nature of this word glory. Here it is again. Give glory to the Lord your God. You're not giving me the glory. You're full of pride and you're taking the glory for yourself. Give glory to the Lord your God, verse 16, before He causes darkness and before your feet stumble on the dark mountains and while you are looking for light, He turns it into the shadow of death and makes it dense darkness. Okay, here's a picture for you. Let's use our God-given imagination. This is not me. I'm not an outdoors kind of guy. Let's just say you're hiking, and, and it's starting to get dark now. And you're kind of like doing the math and realizing that if I don't turn around, I'm, I'm going to get lost. That's what he's saying you're going to stumble in the dark. And this is what pride does, right? It blinds. Ask Samson about that. It pulls the darkness over your eyes, the wool over your eyes. That's what the Lord is saying here. This is what's so insidious about pride. I liken it to a very sophisticated computer virus. It's so so sophisticated that if you get it on your computer, it disables the antivirus software you have. That's what pride does. It disables that detection, that anti-pride software in your life, so that you're completely blind to it. You don't even see it. That's what the Lord is saying here. God is warning them and giving them a choice. And it's the same choice that God gives every single one of us when he warns us. Are we going to respond by being proud or by being humble? Are we going to stiffen our neck, harden our heart, and reject the Lord and not take heed To his warning. Or are we going to humble ourselves and break and receive and repent? Verse 17, but if you will not hear it, my soul, this is Jeremiah again. This is why he's the weeping prophet. He says, my soul will weep in secret for your pride. Hang on to that. I want to come back to that. My eyes will weep bitterly and run down with tears. You're going to weep these bitter tears because of their pride? Yes. Because see, Jeremiah knows what comes as a result of pride, because the Lord's flock has been taken captive. Sin binds it enslaves your pride. This is why I'm crying. This is why I'm the weeping prophet, because of your pride. Your pride is going to be that which takes you captive, and enslaves you, and binds you. Say, verse 18, to the king and to the queen mother, humble yourselves, sit down, for your rule shall collapse the crown of your glory. Notice that. The cities, verse 19, of the south shall be shut up, and no one shall open them. Judah shall be carried away captive, all of it. It shall be wholly carried away captive. Lift up your eyes, verse 20, and see those who come from the north, speaking of Babylon, Where is the flock that was given to you, your beautiful sheep? Come back to this weeping prophet who's weeping because of their pride, because he knows it will take them captive and bind them and enslave them. Notice he's compassionate for them and not condemning of them this is important. What's our posture when someone is full of pride? What do we do? Do we have compassion for them? It reminds me of another true story. A pastor, he's with the Lord now. I actually had the privilege of meeting him and sitting under his teaching at conferences. Amazing. Just amazing teacher. Very humble, so humble, great teacher of God's Word. After one of his sermons, somebody came up to him and said, Pastor, you are so full of pride. Don't ever come up to me and say that, because I will not be as gracious as this man was. (laughs) He looks at her and he says, Ma'am, you don't know the half of it. Wow, it's one of those things where you think, man, why didn't I think of that? <laughs> I wish I said that. You know how sometimes in a conversation, after it's over, you think of 10,000 things you wish you would have said, but didn't? Oh, how I wish I would have responded. Oh, I am full of pride. You have no idea. You have no idea. Here's where I'm going with this. Jeremiah has compassion for them. He's not condemning of them. Oh, but how quick are we to point and wag the finger? Oh, they're so full of themselves. Oh, really? You're coming down hard on them instead of weeping and praying for them? Not Jeremiah. Jeremiah. The Apostle Paul, by the Holy Spirit, writing to the churches in Galatia, says, you restore them. Someone that's caught up in a sin, maybe they're full of pride, you you restore them, but you better be careful. You do it gently and humbly, lest you yourself stumble and fall. I'll tell you, when it comes to pride, it is again so insidious. And again, let's be honest. Every single one of us has pride. We all have pride to one degree or another. Now, I'm more humble than you, but you know we all have. No, it's, it's that right there. And see, that's the thing about pride. You you think you're humble? You just got proud. You just blew it. That's pride. You're so humble. That's pride. You don't know the half of it. Here's the point before we finish the chapter. I think we do err greatly, and I think we grieve the heart of God greatly when we're quick to condemn people instead of having compassion for people. And isn't it true that our sin always looks so much worse on somebody else? It takes one to know one, doesn't it? I mean, here, we've got a telephone pole of pride in our eye, and we're so quick to point out that you got, brother, let me help you with that speck of pride in your eye. Oh, really? How do you know I got a speck of pride in my eye? Because you got the telephone pole of pride that the speck came from. That's how. Why don't you get rid of that telephone pole first? Then you can see my speck. Okay, that's enough of that. I'm so convicted right now. I want to move on. Verse 21, What will you say when he punishes you? For you have taught them to be chieftains, to be head over you. Will not pangs, speaking of birth pangs, seize you like a woman at labor? And verse 22, If you say in your heart, Why have these things come upon me? For the greatness of your iniquity, your skirts have been uncovered, your heels may bear. Yes, I know this is graphic, and it's going to get even more graphic at the end. But this is leaving them without any excuse, because of Judah's physical and spiritual harlotry and adultery. Verse 23. Now this is interesting. Can the Ethiopian change his skin or the leopard hit spots? Then may you also do good who are accustomed to doing evil. Now this is a well-known saying, right? A leopard can't change its spots, just like an Ethiopian cannot change the color of its skin. What's God saying here? What God's saying here is the evil is so ingrained in you, there's nothing you can do about it. You cannot change yourself, but I can change you. I can. The evil is so ingrained, it's impossible for you to change yourself. But thankfully for us, Jesus can change us from the inside out vis-a-vis the Holy Spirit. It's called regeneration. Therefore, verse 24, I will scatter them like stubble that passes away by the wind of the wilderness. This is your lot, the portion of your measures from me, says the Lord, because you have forgotten me and trusted in falsehood. Therefore, and here's where it gets graphic again, I will uncover your skirts over your face, That your shame may appear. I have seen your adulteries and your lustful neighings, the lewdness of your harlotry, your abominations on the hills, in the fields. Woe to you, O Jerusalem. Sorrow, woe, grief, curse, O Jerusalem. And then listen to this question that ends the chapter. Will you still not be made clean? Oh, the long suffering of God. Oh, the love of God, the loving kindness of God. Oh, the patience of God. Oh, the mercy of God. Oh, the grace of God. He's still trying. Will you still? I'm still making this offer to you. Repent, repent, repent. Return to me. Will you still not? I'll clean you. I'll change you. You can't change yourself. You can't clean yourself. I will. Will you let me? Are you still going to refuse my invitation? I'm sorry, I hate to end the chapter the way the chapter ends, but I'll just ask the Lord to help me close in prayer on this one. Oh, Lord. It's so easy for us, though, actually, with a chapter like this to distance ourselves and disenfranchise ourselves and disconnect ourselves from what Judah did but the reality is we are so prone there's a proclivity a propensity in us for this and so lord i i would just pray and ask that if the Holy Spirit has been warning, pleading, and you've been wanting to break our pride and so that we'll repent and come back to you so that you can purify and cleanse us and clean us and change us and forgive us of all unrighteousness, then Lord, it was worth. All, it was worth all that we <laughs> saw here, as graphic as it was. Lord, thank you that you're merciful. Thank you that you're so patient with us. Thank you that you're so gentle, so loving, so kind. Thank you, Lord. Like Paul writing in Romans two four says, that it's your kindness that leads us to repentance. Not your harshness, your kindness. You're so kind to us, Lord. I pray that it will have the intended end of our repentance. Lord, search our hearts. See if there be anything at all that we've harbored that's taken up residence in our hearts, in our lives, in our marriages, in our homes, in our families. Lord, we want to humble ourselves before you. Cling to you. We want to be that sash that brings glory to you. We want to be that wine that represents joy. The joy of the Lord is our strength. Lord, thank you. We love you. May it be so. In Jesus' name, amen.
0: You've been listening to another edition of In Spirit and Truth. Thanks for tuning in to this study in the Word of God. As you continue to learn from the book of Jeremiah with Pastor J.D., don't discount the things you're hearing. God may be speaking to you individually today through Scripture. We encourage you to keep reading on your own, too, to further understand what you've heard in this edition. If you're not already part of a local church that you call home, we encourage you to find one and attend regularly. This only helps you grow in your relationship with God and others. If you don't have a church home, come be a part of ours. You'll find all the information you need, including service times and directions, to Calvary Chapel Kaneohe at com. While you're there, you can also access more of Pastor J.D.'s teachings like the one you heard today, including his weekly prophecy updates. In addition to that, you may be interested in the ABCs of Salvation under the Resources tab. This is a simple guide to understanding the good news of salvation in Jesus. As we continue to learn from the book of Jeremiah together, we'd be honored to pray for you during this study. Would you let us know what those prayer requests might be? Just fill out the contact form under the About tab at com or come find us on social media. There are links to our Twitter and Instagram pages on our website, calvarychapelkaneohe.com. That's all we have time for today, but thanks for listening to this edition of In Spirit and Truth.